Hello, everyone. How are you? Welcome back to the FLA Exposure Podcast, episode 165. Pro, what is it? Sponsored? Yeah, 165. Sponsored by our good friends at Mezcal Agua Santa. Premium liquor made in, obviously, Mezcal. And uh, beautiful tasting liquor uh, made in Mexico. Uh, Andrew Keyes, a great local guy, uh, a great ambassador for them and does a fantastic job. So obviously like to give a lot of love for them. They do a lot of great work for us behind the scenes. So get out there and support them at your local NSLC if that's something that you do. Uh, happy early new year to everybody out there. And uh, yeah, it's the first episode in a little bit of a, I don't know, a couple of weeks or so. So I'm a little bit rusty and I'm frazzled. It's been a, a busy day at work. And I just got home, so thank you for your patience. Um, let's get right into this. I'm really excited to have Megan on the podcast today. Um, so Megan, um, I, I don't want to butcher her name, so I'm going to actually wait until she gets on, and then I'm going to let her, uh, in, because long story short, this girl is she's almost like royalty when it comes to jujitsu. She's been organizing and putting on some really amazing events for a long time. She's been a person that I haven't spoke to her a lot in the last couple of years, but Prior to that, we did speak a lot about events. She gave lots, uh, used to give me a lot of great advice, of, you know, and just kind of she's a big part of the Eddie Bravo behind the scenes. So having people like that that um, obviously do what we kind of do, but on a, on a higher level and uh, the advice that they can give and, and just it's a really great uh she does a lot of great work, and I've been a fan of hers for a hell of a long time. So, and not only that, obviously, she's big, a big part of the behind the scenes, but also she's a competitor herself. She's a brown belt, two-time Nogi uh, world medalist, as well as in the gi, and in, in she's also won the pans. So she's she's not, you know, like um, a lot of times you see people who, who don't compete or you know they're they're behind the scenes and they don't necessarily train. But uh, she's definitely a big part of the community on both on and off the mats. And yeah, super honored to have her on. Megan Allison Carducho. <laughs> yep, you said it perfect. Close, close. How you doing? No, you said it perfect. I'm good. Thank you for all the kind words. Trying to make me blush or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, it's a small community out here. It's a smaller community behind the scenes. And you were always very kind to us and answered any questions that we had. And it's, you know, the Eddie Bravo Invitational is obviously a massive tournament that everybody knows. So for, for me, it's a it's a great thing to have that kind of advice and, and people that work behind the scenes. So how was your Christmas? My Christmas? We didn't really get a Christmas this yeah. year. Yeah. No. no, some family members were sick. So we all had to just stay apart. But uh, it's okay. I think we're going to re-celebrate in like two weeks or something so it'll be okay yeah that's it that's it it's, yeah. it's i don't know yeah so obviously you're down in the united states you you were just down in mexico well there's all kinds of stuff that i want to talk to you about but before we get into that let's talk about your training it's called that fight league atlantic exposure podcast for a reason we like to give the world the exposure to the athletes who are you know involved in our sports how did you get involved in training why how when um so i actually started training I don't even remember. I think it was like 11 years ago I got involved in the gym, but I was just kind of doing, you know, whatever it was, whether it was like kickboxing or MMA or fitness classes or whatever. Gotcha. Um, oh, wait. So how did I get started? Uh, it's going to sound weird, but like when I was in high school, I just wanted to get in a fight to see how I would do. Not wow. like I had any built up anger or anything, but I was just like, I wonder how I would do. Um, so instead of picking fights with people, I went to a gym. 
Um, I thought all of it was just called like wrestling or fighting. I didn't even know there was, I mean, when I went in, I realized there's different aspects of it, but I didn't realize that before. Mm. Um, so yeah, I walked in, I signed up that night and then I got super obsessed with it. And now it's pretty much my full-time career. <laughs> crazy how things work, eh? Yeah, very crazy. Would have never expected this ever, ever. Well, and that's it. How many people can actually say that they work full-time? Like, you know, I own, like myself, my partner, we've been doing this for a long time, but we certainly, it's not my full-time living, right? So <laughs> somebody, like they're living full-time off jujitsu, like it's a pretty awesome thing in my eyes because obviously we all love doing events. So it doesn't come without a lot of hard work though. Huh? Yeah. And I think it's crazy. I think what people don't realize is if you just like work hard enough or take advantage of opportunities or put yourself in the right places or talk to the right people, there's so many ways to make a living. Like you don't have to, you don't have to be at an office. You don't have to do all the conventional stuff that people think they have to do. Like they just don't realize that it's out there. So mm -hmm. I'm very yeah. happy with what I've built and continuing to build. Well, that's that's a great point. And I like you saying that because how did you get involved with the, these events? And, and like, how did you kind of get your name out there? If that like that's, you know, there's so many people that run events, but to it's to get to that level, it's it's a special thing. Yeah, um, I yeah, so I wasn't even planning on doing this as like a career ever. Um, I had a career in marketing. Um, yeah, so I didn't even think I was going to be events in events. I was working in marketing. I had a full-time job, but I was, like I said, I got obsessed with the sport. So mm -hmm. I started competing in, in jiu-jitsu. I really enjoyed being in the event event uh, like atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So I just started like going on their websites and emailing whoever it was like, oh, do you need any scorekeepers or rank coordinators or things like that? Um, and then... I would get there, I would work, I liked it, started talking to people, figuring out how I could get more involved. And then, I mean, I started like, I was volunteering for a lot of things. Yeah. You know, like when I started with EBI, I was volunteering from the very beginning because, you know, it's a brand new show. I didn't even know what I was doing. It was pretty much just like, I'll help where you need help with. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, EBI and everything else kind of just grew into more and more work. Um, but I was still, I still had my full-time job. I was still making a full salary, mm -hmm. um, nice. doing all of this stuff on the side. But like, I liked this stuff so much more. And I was like, I don't know, let me see, like, can I make this work full-time? So I, I'm, I'm super nerdy, by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> so I like wrote a list of all my expenses, all the places I think I could work, the areas I think that I could make money. And I pretty much calculated like how much money do I need to make every month to be happy, like to have a comfortable living. Yeah. Um, and what are the different areas that I can make money in? You know, whether I had like a list of tournaments that I could reach out to, you know. Um, Super smart. And I never, well, I never end up using that list because once I quit my, so I realized that I could do it. Once I quit my job and I had time, the opportunities kind of just came to me. Like I never, I mean, I reached out to tournaments and stuff, but it was never like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't have work. I don't have money. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much just like, 
oh, well, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? We'll pay you more if you do this or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I, now I have time to do all of these things because I'm not working like 60 hours a week in an office. Yeah, that is quite remarkable. And it's interesting <laughs> on my side of things because I, I, I get those emails from people. We get those emails from people and we yeah. do have people that work in our brand that have started that exact way, you know, and we're just getting to the point where we're this year, we're going to hire our first couple employees, which is a huge step for us. That's after awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Even coming out of COVID, it's, but it's, it's, we need it. We need it because it's, it's just, we're losing our mind. You know, we're just super yeah. stressed and things are just getting bigger and bigger. And we just, and to be completely frank with everybody, it's probably to me, it's like a control thing for me. Like I'll yeah. put it out there and I, you know, I've been accused of it in the past, like, of like just from my own staff, we're like, man, just go, go away. Like, you know, <laughs> because it's like you started this thing yourself, like as a baby and now it's, it's getting bigger. And it's like, how do you let go with, without, you've got to have this uh, crazy trust in people that are, they, that want the same things you want. And that's what I think is super cool about how you've made it because you've proved yourself to get there. It's not, it's hard to trust people. It's really, really hard because it's like your name on the line, too. And if something's not done right, it looks bad on you. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's true. People have asked me if I need an assistant and I'm like, no, because I, I can't. I'm the same. I can't like trust someone to do something with the same effort and the same dedication that I'm going to give to it. I'm sure there's people out there. I just haven't allowed myself to explore those options yet <laughs> that's exactly it right like it's like for me it's like now it's my my mental health and physical health is starting to struggle because it's it's too much coming through me and i yeah. just need to like separate myself a little bit and and my business partner john does a fantastic job and, and he's also feels the same so it's it's time for us to branch out a little bit and get a little bit bigger and it's a big moment for us and we're really excited about it so Hopefully all these people that we're uh, bringing on board, we have a great feeling about them. So hopefully we can get to EBI at some point, that that level of a show, right? <laughs> it's it's funny because our director came up to me at the last show and he's like, what are you doing? You're over there fist bumping the lighting guys. Like putting <laughs> up the lighting rig. He's like, why are you fist bumping them? Like, you what? don't you have something better to do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I just thought it's a nice gesture. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> but it's just funny how you just become so involved with it, right? But any any yeah. crazy wow moments like you're obviously you know you're involved in a lot of big events with a lot of big people any really i'm sure you've had a lot of cool wow moments being a grappler and a person who's competed and been involved in the sport for so long um yeah but i i have those kind of regularly to be honest like yeah. i i've been doing this for i think i've been doing this for like nine or ten years um and there's sometimes there's people who are in a career and as you get into the later parts of their career, they're just like, well, yeah, it's cool, you know, yeah. but for me, I feel those wow moments like every single event and it could be something like an EBI or a combat jiu-jitsu, or it could even just be like at a smaller tournament. Like I still have that feeling and I'm, mm -hmm. I still have that feeling of like, I can't believe I get to get paid to do this. Like, this is so much fun. And it's really cool to, I mean, as you probably know, events can be super, super chaotic. Yeah. So something that's really satisfying for me is seeing, seeing the big picture and knowing how crazy it could be, but knowing that it's been run smoothly. 
because of all the hard work that's been put into it, you know? So I actually have those moments every single time. <laughs> not, not even kidding. Well said, because that's true. It actually kind of gives me goosebumps because when you think about that, like <laughs> I, I try to explain it to people, like what these events are, like it's literally, I, you can't even count the amount of moving parts that are going on. And then all those moving parts have to simulate at the exact same time to make this event live and happen and run. And it's an incredible thing when you can see everybody working on it and their passion all comes together to make it like, I know what you're saying those moments because I don't, I don't sit there and like, I think like, I really, this might, this might sound awful, but I, to me, I don't care who wins in a lot of our Kumite yeah. or jujitsu events. Like I don't, I want people to have a great time. I yeah. want fans to have a great time and I want nobody to get hurt is what my big concern is always. But yeah. when something goes, it sound bad. no, no, like, okay, good. I'll take it. From <laughs> you. <laughs> you, you must have a lot of ups and downs with that event. Like I know what, like little things that we have, like the ups and downs are crazy. Like if, when, like you guys probably don't have them as much now, like with, with, with the production level, but like we have like some random production. It's crazy. The amount of stuff that can go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that could go wrong, but I think, I don't know, I feel like at this point, I'm kind of used to it. Like, that's just part of the job for me is, even if there's a problem, how do we resolve it? Yeah. Like, there's ASAP, no way not. so that nobody knows. Yeah. Well, what, any, you just came back from Mexico. Any problems down there? <laughs> uh, I mean, the biggest problems that happened were two of the athletes flights were canceled uh, so the way that it works is they fly in the day before they compete and then they fly home yeah. so they're flying in the day before two of the athletes their flights got canceled um and then one of them i think didn't even arrive to the hotel until like three hours before the show started so those things happen but i, I don't know there's nothing that makes me like just be like, this was so crazy. This was so bad. Yeah, though that 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 definitely is. You know, uh, these things happen. But showing up late, it's sometimes it's unavoidable. You know, some of these things are out of your control, especially in the world we're living in right now. It's it's yeah. you know lucky to be involved in an event. My boy Mike Wacker was just in that <laughs> event. Shout out to Mike. I love that guy. One of my favorite people in this entire sport. Such a wonderful guy. Intense as hell, but. I love him. Great guy. Yeah, Great. he's a really nice guy. Yeah. And his students are doing really well, too. So, Aaron Harris and One Sleeve and Fatima Klein. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think, I think Aaron Harris competed. If it's the same one I'm thinking, I think he competed with us when he was like a kid when we were back at the Orpheum Theater in, in downtown LA. I think he did. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, really yeah. good. Real good. Though there, it's crazy the sport how it's like evolved in like the United States. It's insanity how good everybody is becoming. Like yeah, the there's team. a lot of events. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'm happy for the athletes that get to compete. 
Yeah. Well, that's what it's about. Like, you know, like the more opportunities here, it's a little bit different. We're a smaller community, but I still believe between, you know, there's ourselves, there's guillotine, uh, there's rogue grappling. There's a couple other ones around that. And I, I, I think here it'd be like, I, we've tried it before, but it'd be nice to have an event every month, you know, that was, or a tournament every month. We're a small population here of a million people. So it's not like the biggest city is three, 400,000 or something. So it's not like a, a huge area, but you're looking, if you're down where you are, like anywhere in the States, you can compete every weekend easily. Yeah, it's insane. So I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people know this because it's like a little bit more new or it's more local, but I used to have like a website that had every single tournament in SoCal. So I had like every single tournament that I could find in so in Southern California. I pretty much knew everything that was going on in the tournament space just because yeah. either I wanted to compete or I know a lot of competitors or I don't want the events that I'm working to be on dates that there's already another yeah. tournament, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I was running that for a really long, not a really long time, but I was running that for a little bit. Um, and then I stopped once the pandemic hit and then people kept asking me about it over the last several months. And then eventually just few times approached me and they were like, well, do you want to do it for our website? And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Like it would be good to get this list back up and running. So many people are asking. And then again, it helps me plan my events now that I know that they're back. And oh my gosh, if you look through it, there are so many events. It's, it's crazy. So, it's a good thing, but it's so crazy. It It is kind of, and you wonder if it'll ever get to that point where it'll be so big that like, it'll get back to like people doing two or three events on the same day. And I wonder if oh, they are, some, are they? Yeah, they wow. are. There was one, there was one that I hosted in November and people were trying to figure out when they could compete because there was another tournament the same day and they wanted to do both. Wow. They're like, okay, well, we're going to be at nine in the morning. Okay, great. That works out. Cause I don't compete in this one until three 30 in the afternoon. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like yeah, that is kind more of power cool. to you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, you know, if, if I don't know, I guess uh, not too many other sports does that happen, but if, if there is the ability to have that and it's coordinated, that's the beauty of smooth comp and those systems where you can kind of have that. Like we just started using that out here a couple of years ago and it's just, it's a game changer for everything. Right. And it's when, it, like you said, and like everybody, anybody who's for the sport, more opportunities for athletes, the better. Like it's nobody, nobody, especially like not doing, it's a lot of work for not a, a great amount of pay. So it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it is for sure. So compared to real estate, any comparison? Um, a lot of work in real estate. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts and just for my position within events specifically, I'm coordinating a lot of different things. So that's similar in the real estate aspect, but also, I don't know, it could just, it just depends. Each event is different. Some are super easy for me, just what my position is. And then same in real estate, some clients and deals and transactions are just so smooth and simple that it's like, wow, that was, that's done already. <laughs> there's not more. Yeah, that's true. And other yeah. ones are dramatic and hard to deal with. And yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. It's uh, that's what like. So, do you deal with like with a lot of tournament? You're obviously running a lot of the operations. So, what's your major like 
like what are you dealing with for a lot of times i would assume it's exactly the same what we're dealing with but like what do you mean like what is my role or coordinating timings and logistics of like the venue and the athletes teams um yeah i do a lot of the logistical stuff um one of my or pretty much my primary responsibility is working with the athletes i am responsible for making sure they know literally every single thing they do uh, or they need to do, know where to be, where to go, who to talk to, when they're going to get this, when this is going to happen. Um, I help them with their flights. I help them with their hotels. I, what else? Help get them paid at the end. You're like, what else? Um, That's like 48 things I, already. <laughs> and then whatever my producer needs, like if they need headshots or Academy logos or video interviews, I get all of that stuff set up and sent to them. and. We used to have to get, uh, when we're in California, we have to go through the athletic commission. So I would be working with the athletic commission. I would be making sure all of these grown men get licensed. (laughs) Very hard to do. Yeah. So I was very very much just texting 32 people a day. Hello. Did you do this? (laughs) Did you do this? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you will not be in the promo if you don't send this in. Thank you. Yeah. It's a very hard job. So kudos to you for sure. It's, Thank it's, you. It's not, I not, love it though. Well, it's a challenge, right? Like it's, it's, it's like this game really. That's how I look at it too. It's like a little bit of a game and you know, it's, it's someone, uh, Rob here, a guy he's fought for a bit in the past. Rob, he's uh, a great, great fighter. You'd love to get some combat jujitsu in the Maritimes. That's <laughs> we, you and I have spoke about in the past as well. And mm-hmm. we, we think about it every now and then that we do have to go through the commission here. And I, we spoke to the commission in New Brunswick about it. And it's, it's definitely something we're thinking it has about. Challenges. Yeah. yeah, it's but it's like that expense versus but I still think I think people would show up and I think because it would be the first time people would really enjoy it as a, on our pay-per-view or whatever, but I don't we just haven't kind of moved into it yet. But I think it's something, Rob, that you're gonna see probably in the near future from us, hopefully. So we'll try it out and we'll we'll have to call it something different and <laughs> I don't know what we'll call it, but I can say combat jiu-jitsu rules. It's the same as everybody uses EVI rules now. That's so, true. That's yeah. true. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. There you have it, Rob. Let's make it happen. <laughs> he loves punching people, that guy. That guy, uh, he's awesome. One of a kind. You can do a lot of damage with an open palm strike. A lot. I've been I've seeing it. Crazy. What's the, what's some of the like most like uh, exciting matches you've seen? Um, I'm going to be honest. There? So yeah, I'm at all the events. Uh, I'm the timekeeper during the events. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah, so my Thank primary you. job is everything leading up to the actual show. And then once it's the actual show, I basically just keep time. Um, Our job, though. And write Very- the results. Well, it is when you get into these other rules, like the overtime stuff, or we have what we call a get-down rule, um, which is basically so that you don't see like a 10-minute match of zero grappling. Gotcha. Just people standing and trying to wrestle, but like not wrestling. Okay. Oh, um, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I'm responsible well, for keeping just, track of that. Instead of sitting in a collar tie, basically. Or, yeah. Or like, yeah. Hmm. They basically have one minute to take it down to the ground. And so I, I'm the one that tracks that. Every time they pop back up, I have to keep track of how long it's been. And once it gets to a minute, we blow the horn. 
They oh. are reset uh, in like butterfly position. And yeah. Wow. That's, that's a little pressure. Yeah. Uh, but I think I've gotten it down finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I like literally half the time I can't even watch. I have to leave. Like I, 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 I too nervous. Sit, I, well, I just never sit cage side. Like uh, the, our first MMA event, uh, there was a guy who was in a rear naked choke and he's a guy I train with quite a bit. And my business partner, it was his, it was his, uh, one of his teammates was the other guy choking. And I was sitting cage side and the guy I was training with looked me right in the eye as he was being choked. And I just was like, like, I, I wanted to be like, get out of that. Or like, or, <laughs> you know, but, and I also, the other guy is like a really good friend of mine too. So I was like super torn. I was like, I can't be near this anymore. I got to go because oh, I just, really? I'm too tempted to say something or yeah, it's too close. See, I don't. I don't have any super close people, uh, or I, I don't, I, how do I say it? I haven't been super close to anybody that's competed. Like I do have a lot of friends, but I'm not to the point where I'm like, I train with this person or like I'm best friends with this person. Yeah. Um, but I do get really close, not really close to all the athletes in like a weird way, but just there's a lot of things that they would need from me and a lot of things yeah. I need from them. So I'm talking to them for like two months kind of frequently sometimes depending on the person so you get to know these people and then yeah i do feel bad sometimes when i'm like oh man that person's so nice and they just yeah, got exactly. yeah they lost so yeah. quick they're so nice and you're like oh no yeah, yeah. i know it's interesting how you know, i just i don't know i i just don't i like being so close to it i don't know what it is but so i just kind of <laughs> i tend to mosey around and, and find other things to control, as Danny would say. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. What about uh, the old-fashioned question? No gi versus gi. I don't train in the gi. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I <Me> don't. <laughs> I think I haven't put a gi on since I visited my friend Heather, Heather Woods uh, in San Diego. Like right before she got her black belt. I think that was in the gi. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. That was in the gi just because I was visiting and that's what the class was. Yeah. But I don't train in the gi. Like yeah. we don't have gi classes at my school. We don't <laughs> we're either. not 10th planet either. Yeah. yeah. Same, same thing. We're not a 10th. We were, we're just on an independent school. We were affiliated with another and we like, uh, now we're independent when we're just, uh, got, we're just a group of people who love jujitsu and want to train jujitsu and, train where you like and be, you know, just be a good person kind of thing. And that's the, the way we kind of go about it. And it's funny though, the difference is that's still an argument and it's still a thing, but to me, like they're all, oh, I, 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 I truly believe they're two different sports altogether for the most part. Like I, I, I can't, I almost disdain the gi now. I, <laughs> like it's, it's, I don't know what it is. Like it just, I, I play a different kind of game. I like space. I like passing and I like, I'm not a big pressure person, and so I, I and I enjoy the lag lock game a lot. And yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm definitely no gi. I think I just don't like training in the gi so strongly because I'm so bad at it. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe that's I'm <laughs> like if I went into a gi school wearing like if I didn't have a belt, let's say, I feel like I, it would be better and more enjoyable for me just to train, but. When you like go into a school and you're wearing a gi and you're wearing a brown belt, 
but like I don't have any gi experience, like training. Yeah. I go in and they expect me to be really good, and then maybe they'll go harder or they're do, they'll do different things, and it's like I don't even know how to defend. A, what's it called? A bow and arrow. <laughs> like you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like and then it's, it's no, true. Yeah. So I'm like I've I've realized like if I go to another school wearing yeah a brown belt, it's probably not going to be as enjoyable for me. Um, not that I won't do it. I just I won't like it as much yeah. versus if I trained with a bunch of brown belts at my school who also put the gi on who don't train in the gi. I think that would be cool because at least in that scenario, we would all be having the opportunity to learn. Whereas I don't really have that opportunity to learn as easily when I'm training somewhere else and they expect me to be good. They're just doing all mm -hmm. these things that I, I'm not there yet. I'm like here and it's yeah. taking a lot of time to process, but they're already like up here. Whereas at my school, it's like, we're like kind of figuring out, is this a good grip to have? Or is this a bad one? Like, am I going to get choked by this? Are they going to get choked by this? Is this even working? So like yeah. figuring it out together. Bunch That's of big really dummies well training you together. <laughs> it's true though, like, because it's intimidating. Like, like I would say like, I'm a black belt, but like you put me in the gi and like, uh, like, yeah, I'm going to, there's, I'm still going to be a black belt, but my skill level is probably down quite a bit because I, yeah. I have, I bet I've put the gi on once in the last, maybe twice in the last five years. Yeah. Like, I'm okay. the same way. There was a really funny, I forget where it was, but I was visiting a school. I think it was in, it was either in Montreal or it was in Amman, Jordan. Forget which place, but it was in one of those places. And I went to train and I borrowed a gi and I borrowed a belt. And I was a brown belt. Wait, was I brown belt? No, I was purple belt at the time. Um, and I'm like a really small person. So they're, the loner belt that they had to give me wasn't a white belt. The loner belt was, I think, a gray belt. And so like, I'm 4'10". I look like a child. I'm wearing a children's <laughs> belt. And I'm like rolling and I'm in the adult class and I'm rolling with these like other like these dudes. And then I, like one just I forget what he did or what he said or like his facial expression. But it made me think like I should tell him like, by the <laughs> way, I'm a purple belt. Like <laughs> I'm yeah. an adult and I'm a purple because he just looked so defeated. And then he was like, oh, thank God. Like he said that. <laughs> Do you ever like, into that a lot? Like men being like that? Well, not really, but I mean, I like I looked like a child. Yeah. Like I looked like a kid. So I've I've experienced guys being, I guess, surprised by me being able to do certain things. But this one, it was just it's so stuck in my mind just because he was like, oh, thank God, <laughs> like I'm not getting beat up by this like 12 year old like gray belt. <laughs> yeah, that would be hard. That would definitely be hard. It's not, it's, it's an intimidating place, the gym. And that's the thing. You never know anybody's background. Like you so much is judged on the belt, right? Like it's when you yeah. walk, when you look at a person, so like that's to me, that's the first thing you look at. And it just, it, uh, so I like yeah. no gi. You don't know unless you're wearing no, a trash exactly. Card. Yeah. Like I, I get it. Like I got it. A guy probably two weeks ago, I was training at our club and he came from another club and, he came up to me and like, he's a guy who's competed in our shows a bit. And he, and he came up to me and he's like, let's roll. And we rolled and I like had hit him with a rolling Kimura, like right off the bat. And, and he was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> he came up and he's like, 
man, I thought you were a promoter. Like I didn't know. Like, <laughs> I was gonna like beat the shit out of you. And he's like, here you are, you tapping out in like 12 seconds. And I'm like, man, it's Nogi, you just don't know, you know, but next time do some research. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, you train. Like when I work at all of the like IBJJF tournaments or whatever, there's like a bunch of people and you're sitting with them all day. And so you just get to talking, they're like, oh yeah, so do you train too? I'm like, yeah. They're like, what belt are you? And I tell them I'm a brown belt. And they're like, oh, my God. Do you compete? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that blue and purple belt, though. Still, though. Like, it's a, it's a commendable thing. It's like, it's like, it's like. I want to compete again. Well, you'll have to come up, maybe come come up and compete in a kumite or, or do a super fight or something, but I'm sure it'll be on EBI. <laughs> well, I was going to say sure, but not during the winter. <laughs> I am from California, so definitely down to do it. I want to do, I want to do like competitions. Like now that there's, there wasn't this many competitions when I was competing a lot. Like when I was competing a lot and actually winning a lot, there was almost zero broadcast and there was hardly any at all opportunities for like lower belts to compete on like a stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until I started or stopped training as much that now there's like, there's flow grappling or now there's a bazillion different shows. And I'm yeah. like, man, none of my wins are there. All the losses are there, but none of the wins, but. Well, you'll have to get back in there. I know. I really want to. I've just been, I actually have not been training for this whole entire year. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Like I go in sometimes, but I like very strategically plan when I'm going to go. Cause I've just been focusing a lot more on my family. Yep. Um, so I just don't really see a need to like go be around a bunch of people and then go see like my super elderly grandparents you know it just doesn't make sense for me yeah smart i so like, like that okay. you know we're, we're pretty careful up here like uh training is pretty much shut down up here and, and where we are it's a very small area and it's like i said a million people and it's been like a lot of older people in this community and uh yeah it's a, we're a very canada is handling it a lot different than the united states um in my opinion, I would like, I'm torn because I certainly don't want anyone to get sick and I don't want anybody to lose their life or, or any, anybody close to them, but I also want us to move forward. So I don't know. It's a, it's a hard thing. And we certainly don't need to get into that because we've been over you know, talking about it forever, but it's, it's about, like, you know, selective training is a good thing. And I know like I've done a lot, like I haven't been training a lot in the last year either. I've been, you know, just, it's, and it's funny too, when you're heavily involved in the sport, it's, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, I'm just like, I got enough jujitsu right now. I'm good. Like, I, I don't need to train much because I find when I go into train, all I do is talk about this. Oh, and, really? It makes me want to go back to it. It makes me but, like, when I do these shows, I'm like, like motivated to go back to the gym and to get yeah. better and to, I would love to compete on these shows eventually, you know, but then I have to like bring myself back down to earth and be like, okay, well, what are my priorities right now? Priorities, the family, and that's not going to change. So. Yeah, yeah that's it. And, you know, priorities yeah. are important. And, you know, that's, 
goals and values and priorities are super important and you know there's nothing wrong with that and compete when you get a chance and you're always welcome up here if we can ever make that happen i'd love to make it happen we got lots of like uh, another talented uh female who just competed in, in she's super badass brianna saint marie uh competed up here for us before and she's not only is she so talented she's so awesome of another she's so a, nice yeah she's like she just very good person i really like her yeah she is awesome yeah. I, like like i i love seeing people like that succeed like hard worker kind person a good soul that's that's what I, I love um a couple more questions i don't want to hold you up too too long just um one quote that you have uh that i read before you're over organized monster what is it <laughs> over organized master you all need and that's where did you come up with that that's so true and people do need somebody organized and that's what we're just getting to that level now we're and i'm excited for it well it's um so that's on my website for anybody who doesn't know where it came from. It's I'm the over-organized master you never knew you needed. Um, where did I come up with that? I think I was just trying to write my website copy <laughs> and I like was in the zone, I guess that day and I wrote it, but where it kind of stems from is like, yeah, so I've been doing this for a while. And for most of the time I was like, this is all like normal stuff. This is easy stuff. You would think this is like the standard. Um, and then I started to learn that, it's not the standard. Things aren't usually organized. Things aren't usually super, super easy. Um, yeah, I just thought it was like a normal thing. I didn't realize it was a skill, I guess. Mm, definitely that is. I have. Yeah. And so I learned that not because of, I don't know. I don't know. I, I ended up realizing that it is actually a skill that people use and need and hire for like that's why people hire me yeah so. it's funny that you say that because a lot of people don't like uh, sometimes i try like to me it's like a logistics specialist or like how how do you event like you know how do you it's sometimes it's hard to explain exactly what you do but when like having people that are organized and like you cannot run successful events without <laughs> period yeah it's, it shows excuse my language but it's it's and people know the difference and so keep it up and keep doing great work and uh, hopefully you. Uh, hopefully you can get back on the stage down there at EBI and um, we're big fans of EBI up here and always check the events out in UFC Fight Pass and it's I love seeing Canadians and people I know for, through the yeah eat and stuff and it's nice because now it's a lot of newer people you know who have competed on our shows in the past who are a little bit younger and now they're getting up to that level and it's it's great it's that's what it's all about in the sport so yeah you get to watch um, them grow up as an athlete it's pretty yeah. cool actually it is kind of crazy you look at even like the biggest ones like you know nikki and gordon and these people like or ethan and taza like classic guys who competed on a show or any of these people it's just crazy how they like i'm 41 now so i'm getting older so everybody else is damn old, <laughs> older too so um last question for you um thank you again for joining us again anybody who's uh just jumping in for the last little bit of the interview it's megan Carducho. Um, she's a big part of the events at, at Eddie Bravo Vocational and, and many other events, her own events. And um, yeah, just a, a great person on the podcast, lots of great insights. So make sure you check it out. Um, mentors and advice for people in, in your position. Maybe we can do that as two different ones if you like. But any mentors inside or outside the sport that have been really important to you? Um. 
some people say themselves, you know, it's hard work. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't call anybody that I've worked with like a mentor. Oh, that's, I don't know if that sounds or really bad life, to say. Or like, <laughs> like in your whole life or if there's anybody, you know, but no, there's lots of people where it's, you know, like I've learned a lot. I've, I've learned a lot from being given opportunities, but I feel mm -hmm. like I've taught myself so much of it. Like, a lot of stuff I was just asked, like, I need this. And I, I wasn't given like, here's how you do it. Or here's you a template you can use. I pretty much like created all my own templates. I figured everything out by myself. I mean, yeah, I've had help. I'm not saying I haven't had help. But I feel like I've been given more opportunities than I've been given mentorship. I like if that, that makes sense. Well, yeah, of course, because you're given the opportunity and you ran with it. Yeah. Perfect. So I Perfect. guess my mentor would be Google. Or <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. A lot of people's mentors are Google for sure. It's, you know, it's, it's a crazy world. I remember, so I do, that, that's why I do luxury like tours for seniors. That's my like full-time career. And obviously with the travel industry, it's, it's not good. So I'm not doing that right now, but I'll get back to it. And I remember on tours, like I would go to places where I've never been before and I'd be on the bus on the microphone and I'd have the, the Google down here, the Google map. <laughs> On your left is the embassy of whatever. Oh, really? How do you know all this? Oh, don't worry about it. Just... <laughs> don't look at my phone. That's it, right? They're all in the back looking out the window. Meanwhile, I'm <laughs> over here on the right. Just... But, you know, it's Google is a wonderful thing for many applications, for sure. And advice for people. People that, uh, you know, want to become you or they want to become someone, you know, involved in the jiu-jitsu or MMA community or, or events in general. How do they do it? Any advice for them? Um, yeah, because there's actually, I feel like a lot of people try to work in jiu-jitsu full-time, and I don't know if it works out as well for as many people. Mm -hmm. um, but my advice, if anybody wants to do similar to like what I'm doing, like working in this industry or just working in any industry that appeals to you, you just need to put yourself out there, whether it's like volunteering or whether it's working way too much for way not enough or definitely not enough money. You kind of just need to, get started and talk to as many people as you can. Like, don't feel like you're limited to, oh, I'm a scorekeeper. I don't know what else I could do. Like, if you are a scorekeeper, or if you are a table worker, like talk to people, see, is there anything I can do more? Is there a higher position? How can I learn this? Um, and then just like observing everything around you. I mean, there's, like I said, there's a lot of positions I've had, not even just in events where I've taught myself like even when I was working at a restaurant, I was never even like trained as a server. I kind of just watched as things were happening as a hostess. And then when I got promoted to server, they knew I didn't need training. <laughs> so um, yeah, just yes. observe, learn, say yes to opportunities, put yourself out there. I mean, it's, it's so easy. I guess it's not easy, but the possibilities are endless. And oh, I think yeah. people just don't know that. They're not aware of like, they're just not aware. Um, yeah. That's really great I, advice. Uh, like yeah. you gotta want it. Yeah, right? like, you have to put the work in. That's it. For me to have you working with us, you need to show me that you want it as bad as I want it. Yeah. It's that simple. So if, you know. And I me, think like, sorry. No, no, I was going to say immediately, like you're, you're again going to your website, you're a Swiss Army knife. 
And that's true. Like <laughs> immediately, that's what you want. You need people who care and who who protect your brand, but also who are capable of doing many things, learning and wanting to grow with the brand. So it's it's great advice. You got to want it for sure. You got to, but the, the opportunities are there if you do. I I believe that. Yeah, and then okay, one more thing. Yeah. Um, kind of on that point of you have to want it. There's a lot of people that want it, but they don't want it bad enough to try. Like they don't want it bad enough to put in the work. I mean, I was working really, really, really long days at my other job and then going home, working even more and like sleeping, I don't know, two to four hours a night, every single night, just to do both, to have my full-time career and to build myself in events. And some people that might seem miserable or that might seem impossible or not sustainable, it's not sustainable, but it's not forever, you know, like, and if you're not willing to put in that work, you just need to know and accept it within yourself that I might want this one thing, but I don't want it bad enough. Because if yeah. I wanted it bad enough, I would put in the work. Yeah. It's, that's that's thing. It, it's, it becomes automatic. You know, like you said, it becomes automatic. You're in that mind frame and it's just, I have a goal to reach and I have to do this to get there. And that's, yeah. you know, you got to do what you got to do. And if, if you have to sometimes take a look at, uh, in the mirror for some people and like I've done it myself for other things and it's just not meant to be, you know? And yeah. so it's, you know, I, I love that. And I think it's important for people to know that. And hopefully, uh, you know, we, I don't know. I, I just, I think hard uh, work ethic is something that you can't be taught. It's like it's automatic uh, for me, and I can like I, I can tell right away. I I don't know if somebody wants it or not. I, I find so. Yeah. Good advice. All right. Well, any final words? Um. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. <laughs> I no, hope this was a good one. Yes, this was great. I think it's it's <laughs> great for viewers. It's important, like to. Um, we have a lot of athletes on here, but it's nice to have an athlete and person behind the scenes because you, you get the bo- best of both worlds. And, and uh, you know, again, you're a person that I spoke to a hell of a long time and give me lots of advice and insight through the years. And hopefully we can work together and get some uh, combat jujitsu going up here and in the future. Yeah, that'd be cool. Awesome. Well, that'd again, thank you. For, yeah, yeah, hopefully we can make it happen. We're, we're definitely thinking about it and maybe we can get you up here to run that event or, or something like that or figure it out down the line. But I don't know if that's a, a thing that you're allowed to do or not, but <laughs> it might be a conflict of interest. No, I mean, they're very supportive. I mean, all of us who work at these different shows have other jobs too and work for other events too. So nobody is mad that I work with other events. Yeah. If anything, exactly. I feel like we all just support each other, you know? Yeah, that's the way it should be for sure. Okay, well, thank yeah. you for joining me. My, my laptop's going to die, so I don't want the internet <laughs> to cut off there. But uh, lots of love to you and your family, and, and keep healthy, and hopefully we'll talk in the near future. And thanks for all you do for the jiu-jitsu community. Keep it up. You're a rock. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, take care. There you have it, folks. Megan, Allison. Oh, my God, I butchered Partucci. <laughs> oh, no, the last time I butchered it. It was the taking her off the screen. And uh, Anyway. Thanks for joining us, folks. Another great episode. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, I haven't shaved. I'm a little rough. Work's been holidays. Everything going on, but I had to get this episode in. Uh, she's been a doll. If uh, in the you know we've changed a couple of times, and, and yeah, it's been a, a long holiday. So, lots of love to everybody, and uh, be kind, be good to one another out there. It's a tough, tough world. So, very important to be nice and, and pay it forward. So, 
Happy New Year, everyone. Lots of love. And we will see you in the new year with a new face behind the podcast, a new style and look to the podcast, and submission kumite for January 22nd. Thanks to our sponsors. We love you. Goodbye. No debating, crown me king, I'm tired of waiting People champ, I gotta face it You disgracing people, sense it, that you're faking I'm the Lord, I might be Satan With the flow and take him out, annihilate him No mistaken, new sensation, hood pulling up the ruler nation